you know, I was tempted to play, uh, what's the army play when someone dies? Taps. But I know you don't like shtickla. But no, I was I don't tempted. Like, I don't like the shtick. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to do it anyway to make you feel uncomfortable. But uh, okay. I, I thought that would be appropriate since we died with the Bills. We did die with the Bills. And it was so funny because the Bills came back and they still blew it. That's the hilarious part. Like they, they made the comeback and still lost. But I had a bad feeling about them, but not bad enough. I mean, the pot odds you said weren't even good in your pool. Like they didn't even really. Our pool. Our pool. Your pool. I'm distancing myself from this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My so... pool. I almost won my pool, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, we'll get into that. But just to to recap here, you know, we lost uh, week seven with the Bills. Uh, the whole idea was fade Seattle because, you know, the, some pools were saying they were close to 60 percent. We were figuring 50 percent. You know, it wasn't even close. It was like 35 and then the Bills were like 25, which I mean, I don't even know how you begin to figure that out. I guess you could. Um but it is what it is. Uh, and, and you remember when you email, I was really pissed. I normally don't get pissed about this kind of stuff. I was so angry because uh, the pot odds fade didn't even work in our favor. But we did the right thing. And I'm going to say it, Chris Liss, we deserved to win. <laughs> yeah, it deserves got nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and we didn't deserve to win that game. We just deserved to win because we did the right thing. But you don't deserve to win. You just can live with yourself. And, uh, and here, here's the interesting thing about it. In my home league, there were eight teams left, one of which was me, and I faded Seattle, but I didn't have the Bills. So I used them last week. I had the Dolphins available last week too. Had I used the Dolphins last week, I would have definitely used the Bills this week in my home pool and been out, but I didn't look ahead. So I was like, oh shit, I used the Bills. So who am I going to pivot to? And I had this whole thing where I was like, I sh I, I, Ravens. And then I asked Sasha, Ravens or, or Browns? She doesn't know anything, but I just couldn't decide. The Browns were slightly more favored. She said Browns. I said, fine, like a nutless monkey. And then immediately the Ravens are up like 35 nothing. I'm like, I'm such an idiot. And now I'm like living and dying in this Browns game. Watson's out in like the first quarter. They're, the Colts are definitely outplaying them. I'm like, this is a huge mistake. Turns out two things. One, I had used the Ravens in week one. So this whole drama in my mind uh, was pointless because I couldn't have used the Ravens. Secondly, the Browns won because they made two 54-yard and one 58-yard field goal. They blocked a field goal from the Colts and returned it like 50 yards. They scored a defensive touchdown, and even so, they still needed two garbage penalties to win to get fourth and goal, first and goal from the one, and it took them four downs, and Kareem Hunt on fourth down barely got the ball to the front of the goal line plane. I mean, it was the weakest win I've ever had. And as I said, Alan, deserves got nothing to do with it. It was a great win. I did a great job taking the Bills against the Giants two weeks ago, uh, dealing with going against my own team. A great job taking the Browns, a brilliant pick against the Colts. And it had and because the Bills had lost, had Seattle lost, I would have won the whole pool, like 2300 bucks, right then and there. Yeah. But, of course, Seattle won pretty easily. Yeah, I was saying it wasn't even close. And, you know, all these – I mean, this is Survivor, though, right? I, I was so mad. I might have been drinking a little. Who knows, uh, you know? Uh. And it just exacerbated the anger. And the other thing is you said you had a bad feeling about the Bills. Uh, I was listening to a, a podcast – about player props, nothing to do because I was, you know, I like to see who some of the uh, the experts like. Again, not just because I'm going to follow them blindly, but I like the logic behind it sometimes. 
and they were just they got into a conversation about Survivor, and then the last thing he said was, "Oh, he's like, yeah, he was talking about pot odds, similar mm -hmm. to how you play Survivor." It's like, "Oh, okay, this guy really does know somebody." He's like, "But this week I'm not doing it because I got a bad feeling about the Bills." I was like, "Oh no!" He said, <laughs> <laughs> "It's funny we didn't talk about it again." Like I, I had a bad feeling. The problem was, and this is the problem with the market, and why it's so dangerous to look at anything except your own instincts, is that. When the line's eight and a half for the Bills and the next best pivot is three and a half with the Browns, which was a horrible pivot. I mean, I, I took years off my life watching that game. But, it, you know, it's very hard to say, I have a bad feeling about the Bills. Let's pivot to this three and a half point favorite, right? It, it's no problem to pivot to a seven point favorite. But to pivot to a three and a half point favorite, that takes some serious balls. I mean, you have to be like, I don't care at all about what the market thinks. Um, well, the, I'm, the I trust myself more. Yeah, the pivot wouldn't have been there. The pivot would have been the nutless monkey pivot onto Seattle. Well, that's not a pivot. That's just saying, well, first of all, in our pool, well, now you know something about your pool. I think I owe you $12.50. Well, you're going to one... owe me a lot more than that with all the bets uh, we'll, we'll I'm crushing see. you we'll, on. We'll see because uh, your guy's on IR now. That you're... <laughs> You needed it. You needed yeah, the... Uh... I, I, injuries are part of it. Um, what's the other one that I have that, that's bad? Um, Zeke versus Ramon J. Touchdown. You're up two to one, I think. I think you're up two to one. Huge, huge, huge. Double, I mean, you're it... double. He's doubling. Up. <laughs> so I, I may win that one. But, but you were but... saying, like the when I was saying about... you learn something about our pool yeah it's really normy it's really square so it's like very square. they're not they don't you know they're just taking like it's even more you think the squares would just take seattle but they're even more square where they're like i'm saving seattle or i'm saving or i want to i mean it, there's no rhyme or reason so you know you don't do the pot it's like poker right like you don't do some crazy plays and bluffs like on a shit table right you got to be like this guy might call with anything like he i'm not going to bluff him i'm just going to like you know, fold the bad hands and play the good hands and just take his money. Like, I don't want to get all, you know, clever with this guy. He doesn't know how to play poker. And I think it's the same thing in some of these survivor pools. Like, um, these guys may take anything. So don't just take the team likely to win and play it super straight up. Because that's like the most basic strategy is just take the biggest favorite every week. Um, yeah. The uh, the way it's funny, I was using an analogy too, because I, I was, I came to a similar conclusion that, you know, maybe we're overthinking because sometimes, you know, I play in a lot of fantasy leagues. I, I know you do as well, but sometimes like when I'm playing like in a home league with my friends that really don't do any studying until like two weeks before I'm like taking all like these like super hyped up sleepers. I don't need yeah. to do that because yeah. no one's picking them in the eighth and ninth round like like they do in the best ball. So I just take like the guys I know we're going to produce and I'll get all those guys at the end. I just you need you're almost like outthinking yourself. You're not in like an expert league. Yeah, it really that really is something. I had the home baseball league, same thing. It's like you're you're doing you're like you think you're playing against like people playing eleven dimensional chess, and they're just doing the simple thing. And there's guys getting taken that you're like, damn it, those are the guys I wanted that are usually there in round five, but they're just gone right. um, because it's my home league, and they don't they're not even looking ADP. You know, they're just taking who they like. Um, and I, I think that's the case here. I mean, in my home league, my home pool, though, they're one level above this pool. They all took Seattle except one guy who had the Bills. So it was when I saw the result, I was really happy. I was like, oh, okay, I've got the Browns and okay, you, you've got, you know, I, I've got a chance to win this thing today when the bills lost. And that's all you can hope for is like, if it's like, I had a 23% chance just to win my pool that afternoon. I once, uh, once like 10 years ago, I was at the sports bar, pretty wasted. And it was like week 11 and I'd been doing really well in survivor. And I had these like $200,000 pools and $50,000 pools. And had the scores held up at halftime, I would have won like the 50,000. I would have been down like the final 10, the 200,000, and I would have won my home pool. 
all of them reversed in the second half. I had already survived, but I got wiped out in all of them like the following week. But I just, you know, Survivor, it's 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 the best and Rule. it's the worst. It's the worst and it's the best for the same reason. Yeah, more. It's the best until it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I did a. You talking about like I did a, a very stupid drunken mistake. I'm I'm almost like ashamed to admit this on uh, uh, on a video, but you know I was just doing like a little Miami versus Philly money line bet, and right. I meant to hit forty dollars. Guess what I hit? Four hundred. Yeah. Nice, real yeah. man, real man, real man hits four hundred on purpose. Right, right. Because right. I told you, I you know definitely had a little bit, little extra cocktail. So, oh, did was, you have Miami? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No good money line. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, so I realized I did the mistake, and there's no like calling the book and saying, "Oops, I didn't." Or you could do bet that. the other side and undo it and just pay the rake. Right. Which so I was only like, a nutless monkey would do that. Exactly. So I was like, "Let it ride." And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you wish you had done that. Well, so uh, yeah, that's funny. I actually really like the Eagles, and I should have pivoted to them in Survivor. Mm. Miami's soft. Like Miami is the type of team that goes crazy against weak teams, but I was like, they're soft. Like when they play a good team, they get beat. So um, I just, yeah, I. Yeah. I, I what would you have done there, by the way? I'm just curious. Now you can, in hindsight, but you know, you made the mistake. I would have let it ride, probably. Yeah, because it's like, all right, you know, because then all of a sudden you're looking at that payout. You're like, oh, nine eighty if I win. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. pretty good, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. They should have one more like, are you sure button when you're, oh, yeah. when you're, oh, yeah, when you're making course. a bet. Like especially the algorithm. If you're if like I'm betting thirties and forties and maybe an occasional fifty. And what I'm if you doing- put four thousand? I mean, <laughs> you know, like you hit two zeros, you'd be like, oh, then you would have, then you would have had to nutless monkey it. And oh, yeah, but that's above my credit limit, so yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. at least I'm protected there. I put yeah. the the credit limit, like you know, you could set a thousand, your limits. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, even I didn't want that. Uh, you know, the the second parachute not opening. Real man doesn't have a credit limit. That's ridiculous. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, fantasy wise. Uh, I'm starting to see a lot of people not setting their lineups anymore. Um, oh, it's that bad already. Yeah, yeah. You know the O in whatever teams or the one in whatever teams. What do you? So it's I don't care that they're not setting their lineup. Only that I need the other guy that's playing them to lose. So, is there a solution to this? Would you be? Uh, are you in favor? Of, like, say I'm the commissioner, just taking commissioner control and commissioner setting their lineup. Like, what's the solution here? Because this is happening in a lot of leagues that I'm in. Well, the problem is once it's done once, right? That yeah, means somebody got a win, okay, last week because of that. Now you start going forward. What about that guy who should have lost last week? I think you got to make a rule for next year. I think that's the best you can do. Um, kick that guy out of the league or tell him, you know, you will be kicked out. If I have to do this, I will. But then you'll also be kicked out and you won't, you know, like you won't be invited back. I mean, there is some responsibility. It's even worse in baseball in some ways. Oh, it's worse in both, but baseball it happens all the time. And so I always would do is, is draft for average ERA and whip because the guy with the zeros in his lineup is not getting hurt in average ERA and whip. He's getting hurt in all the counting categories. And you would pass those three guys. You get three free points in every counting category just by trying for the last two months. But that guy might have an eight or nine in, in whip. And if you have a bad whip, you're stuck. Um, and so it was like, there was like a little premium on those average categories because of quitting football is just random, right? You don't know, whether you're going to be playing the quitter or somebody else's. So there's nothing you can do strategically, but commission would have to make that rule in advance. Yeah. There's gotta be a, you know, a one button fix for that too. Like if, if 
like the softwares have to do like a button where they could just click one button, not have to set their lineup, but it just automatically sets best projected lineup, right? You know, right. something like. But that. I mean, the, it's a deeper problem than that because they stop making moves, and then they don't even have. They have a guy like Jamison Williams and right. Devontae like, Parker. The, yeah, they have guys like that, or you know, they they have guys that are hurt or just like have lost the, you know, Cam Akers. You're just like putting in random guys almost at this and, and it's like it doesn't make any difference so you, you need to make free agent moves too in football yeah i mean I, i'm i'm at the point now where i'm so jaded where like I'll, I'll do without that it's like the dynasty leagues where you're playing like losing losing's incentivized i fixed it in the leagues i commission and, right. and again i want to get back into survivor a second but tell me what you think of this like the the six teams that don't make the playoffs in our dynasty league there's no advantage to finishing last or seventh. It's a complete lottery for the bottom six. Right. It's what the leagues did, the pro, like the NBA did. You know, well, they do and, a weighted lottery, so there's still incentive to go lower. Right. Right. So we do but straight it's still, lottery. Right. Okay. So there's no incentive. I mean, you should make it that there's like a penalty. I mean, we have this in the staff league, um, where so like you, everybody pays. I don't know. I, I use I dropped out, but like you know, seventy bucks or whatever for the entry fee. But if you finish like in the bottom five, like the the bottom five, the fifth worst guy pays like a hundred bucks and the sixth, like 120 and it goes down. So like you're paying more money. It's just like if you, if you were a team tanking in real sports, you'd lose attendance, right. you know, and you'd actually have to pay to tank. So I think that's a good policy. Just like where, like, if you're really bad, you, you have to pay extra. Yeah. The one thing that, uh, similar to that, that I tinkered with, I like your method better, but it was regardless of that, which is that you pay per loss. So let's say the injury fee is a hundred dollars and you end up 12 and five and the, it's $5 a loss right? whatever it is. So you pay per loss. Okay. That's good. I think testicular electric shock is also a good one. I think that uh, you never, you never have any recalcitrance when that, when you got that. Yeah. Policy. But some of us do that for enjoyment. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about you. Yeah. 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 We got to get a different, um, different one for you. People have come for survivor talk. So you're still in how many pools now? Uh, I didn't check that shitty online but that but that online thing is such crap. I can't believe I I just need well, a better interface. Just do more entries book. on on my next thing time on your I will. Own. Next time I will because Thanks you can something. control it yeah. yourself. Runyourpool.com is works. One of the best. I get it, it works. I guess so. I think I have two left. I think I had two bills left, which died, but then I had two Browns, so I think I have two left. And then I have my home pool, which I'm down to seven people. You know, I mean, it's only like three hundred something per person now. The equity it's not like a lot, but it's once you get into three hundred and there's only seven left, you're like I could win two grand. You know, it's it's in sight. So that one's good. I mean, there's no Circa, which is obviously the, you know, the one I really love doing. But um, yeah. yeah, so I got right. three pools, three left. So, so, you know, I told you the guy that the, the pool person that I do, he does two pools, he does a 25 or a 100. So if you want to, you know, up your stakes a little, you could do, but you should do it on your own as well as our entry. This way you, you know, right. you're I mean, I would do like, you know, I did 10, 10, $10 ones, but I do $10, $100 ones, you know. Yeah, well, whatever it is. All right. Um, this week, uh, you, in your article that you do every week for Survivor, uh, can be found on realmansports.com. I recommend everyone goes over there, signs up for that, and checks out all of Chris's content. Uh, you see right now, and again, the pool uh, percentages are a little noisy, but Chargers are going to be about 35%, 36% rostered. Ravens at 17, Lions at 17, Dolphins at 7, Bills at 6, Eagles at 4, and it goes down from there. Um, if you have the Chargers, you trust the Chargers and Survivor. I mean, that seems like totally counterintuitive. Uh, the Chargers. I mean, you can't even bet the Chargers. That's how bad it is. I mean, Survivor's a whole other level. I actually think it's a good spot for them. They just lost to the Chiefs. The Bears came off a big win. I kind of like. I kind of like them as a bounce back at home. But um, but I like the Lions the most. I think the Lions getting destroyed by the Ravens 
last week they're going to be up for this game. And then the Raiders are, I think, total garbage, like maybe the worst team in the league right now. Um, and so I think I'm going Lions. That was just my first instinct, and I don't think I'm going to mess with it. Um, and everyone has the Chargers. So if you want to just play the the largest favorite, that's fine as well. Um, yeah, most people have the Lions too. I don't think I, I was looking down there. There was no spot to take. There was maybe one other spot where the Lions were like a good pick. Right. But you you still you were they weren't in like the circle of trust as they are, I guess, before last week. Right. So that's the key there. Um, Dolphins, what if Tyreek doesn't play? Because there's some uh, talk there that he may miss the game. Yeah, no HA, no Tyreek is kind of like, okay, those are like now they're just a fast team. They're not like this all world greatest show on turf team. Um, it hurts a little, but um, but I, I I mean, I think you could take them. I think it's not like crazy, but I, I just feel like the the line, I don't know, the lines just jumped out at me is like, this is so clear. Like the Raiders are a doormat. Uh, I, I probably regret saying this because it's NFL, <laughs> but uh, Raiders are a doormat. And the Patriots, like, you know, Bill Belichick, he may be toast or he may not. He just got a contract extension. But he, um, what he used to do really well was make adjustments in season. His team wouldn't be that good or it'd be pretty good. And then he'd figure out, oh, this is the problem. And then he would fix it. And they just won, you know, against Buffalo. And I like that they won after the Bills came back. Like, so that, you know, that's that's a really good um, psychological thing to, to get, come back, the better team comes back and you're dead and you still win. So I would, uh, I would be a little nervous. Miami's a little soft. So I feel like if the Patriots, if Belichick has seen something where it's like, Oh yeah, we can rough these guys up, and you know, especially if Tyreek's out, take away Waddle, rough them up. Mostert's got an ankle too. I mean, it's they're they're you know, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't do the Dolphins, even though the the point spreads high because they score so many points. That's right. that's the reason the spreads high. Um, just one more recap on our pool, which we're knocked out of uh, four hundred. We started with uh, thirty one hundred entries, fifteen hundred people, sixteen hundred buyback. Uh, 442 people, including us, were knocked out last week. 392 people still remained. Had we been one of those 392, would you have gotten a little more excited? Uh, 392, and and what was the... Uh, 3130 on the entry. 3130 for 25 bucks, right? So 3130 at 25 bucks is what? That's It's sixty. It's about 80,000, 85,000, something yeah. like that. Well, the pool was like 78 and change. Okay, 78 and change. So then, then, then we're talking about... Um, just use 80 divided by right, 80,000 divided by let's say 400. Let's make it easy. Right. Mm. So what do we do? What do we had 200, um, 200 ahead. Is that right? Yeah. 200 bucks. I mean, I'm a little excited about my pool and I've got 300 something equity. So, you know, you start to care once you have multi hundreds in Damn, there. You know? One week I was going to get you to care. You start to care. I mean, the, the, the circuit is a thousand in week one. That's how much equity you have, you know? Right. But and there's can't... even overlay and there's overlay. So you have like um, more than a thousand immediately. I don't know if there's overlay this year. There's overlay the year I was in it. Mm. Uh, I, I prepared. Um, do you have any other survivor thoughts? Um, who are you taking this week in your most important pool? Lions. Lions. I'm okay. taking lions in all three. I think I'm not going to diversify. All right. All right. And then if I lose, if they lose, I'm just going to stop writing the column. I told people, you know, I'm not doing this for Rotoware. I don't have like some, <laughs> you know, if I'm out, I'm out. You know, you can, you can, uh, if you're a paid subscriber, you can email me and I'll, you know, I'll probably respond. But I, I you know, once I'm out, I'm not going to make myself write a column about it if, I, if I'm not, I don't care about it. All right. Well, number one question on my, uh, on my list this week on my show outline is 
Sam Darnold is going to be uh, back in back in play again this week. For anyone who hasn't heard, Brock Purdy experienced uh, concussion symptoms on the plane ride home. He's not playing. Um, like you know, Sam Darnold. I know you, you famously or infamously had the debate with the spreadsheet bros if Barkley or Darnold was a better pick. I think that's already been solved. But you got to like Sam Darnold if you're in a two quarterback league here. Oh, of course. Two quarterback yeah. league. You, so, you start a nutless monkey, you know, right. But exactly. Except, but would you Trevor start, Simeon even? Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, is he a top 12 quarterback now with everybody playing, given all the weapons he has and no Debo remembers no Debo this week. Yeah. I don't rank him, but I would say no. I think that like, if you're, uh, the Niners, um, well, you know, they're playing the Bengals who can score. It's not like they're playing a scrub. You know, I'd say they're going to hand it off and just, but McCaffrey's been banged up. I don't know if they want to give him 25 carries. And yeah, they, they, may, they, they don't may, stop giving him 25 carries. Right, Nobody gets right. another carry. That's it. It's only right. him. Yeah. And then, but I don't know if they can do that. And Debo, you know, is kind of important. And, uh, you know, the thing about Darnold is he, he makes good. He's just like Zach Wilson. It's so funny that that's my comp for him. Like he's, he's a good athlete. He can scramble pretty well. He can, he can run. Um, he can make the throws, but it's just like the soul crushing interception. The decision making is not there. And so, you know, he could be okay in fantasy. I mean, I, I don't think he's top 12, but you know, two QB league, obviously anybody's good in two QB league. Yeah. And so would you start like Darnold or Minshew this week? Minshew, um, Minshew probably, had a monster, monster game. I know, game. he had a huge game. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably go Minshew, but I don't like the matchup with the Saints. I think that'll probably be like a lower scoring game. Right, because the defense is good. Now, last week I told you I benched Minshew for Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Taylor was fine. He did fine, yeah, he did fine. Yeah. I mean, the Browns had you know what we thought was a great defense. It was a, it was fluke, though. I mean, that Michael Pittman 70-yard touchdown was just like, oh, wait, no one's guarding – Josh Downs, that touchdown, same thing. It was like a blown coverage. They had two long touchdowns. Then he ran a couple in, which isn't really his thing. I mean, it was it wasn't like, oh, you should have seen that coming. That was totally right. bizarre. Yeah. I was uh I was trying to set you up for a transition about uh Tyrod or or Daniel Jones, who I mean, isn't it pretty obvious right now that for fantasy you'd probably rather have Tyrod if you rostering and starting any of the pass catching options for the giants, including Dan I don't Waller, think so. Right? I, I don't think I look, like, I watched a lot of Daniel Jones last year. I also watched the second half against Arizona where he just lit it up. And I just think what happened was he does hold the ball too long. I mean, he does that. That was a problem. He wasn't as bad last year with it, but in that game against Seattle, he held it too long a couple of times, but he guys were just in his face. He's trying to make something happen. I think they got the offensive line sorted in the last couple of weeks. Like it's not good, but it's like an NFL offensive line. And they, that's just a cohesion thing with new guys and injured guys and all of that. And it just so happened on Tyrod Taylor's watch. Now, Taylor has also done a better job getting rid of the ball, but it just kind of coincided. I don't think it was that, oh, Daniel Jones is terrible and this guy's decent. And so now, look, it's fine. It wasn't, it was Daniel Jones. I think that's like just correlation does not equal causation. So I would way rather have Daniel Jones, uh, real life and fantasy. Um, I, I think Tyrod Taylor's okay. I mean, I think he's like, one of the best backups to have. I think he could easily start over right. some of the scrubby starters, but, um, but I, I still think Daniel Jones is pretty good. And if it was Taylor in that Seattle game, maybe he would have taken two fewer sacks. He would have taken what, like nine instead of 11, but I don't think it would have made a big difference. Yeah. I know you drafted B. John Robinson in a bunch of your leagues. Um, you know, listen, I wasn't upset about it as everybody else was, but what do you, what's your take on B. John gate now, just to anyone who hadn't heard B. John Robinson wasn't declared or put on the injury report 
didn't play a snap until the fourth quarter. And then the team later said that he had, I don't know, was it a headache or they said he was sick or something like that. So uh, not so much on how do you feel that you put Bijan in your lineup, but do you think that this is something that the NFL uh, should look into? Um, Because, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, look, he could get, you could get hurt the first play of the game, right? That happens sometimes. And you just lose the guy. I mean, I won my prime time last year, partly because the guy who was in first place had Lamar Jackson who got hurt in like the first couple plays. And then he was in first, but that was a zero, you know, like from his quarterback. And that was huge. And stuff like that happens. You know, if it was like happening all the time um, with Arthur Smith, maybe they should do something. But um, did you I see him just, on the podium? Uh, did you see yeah. he was like dismissive though? He was very dismissive instead of saying, well, you know, I, I mean, you know, it's like, I kind of feel like fuck the media. Like I, if, if I'm the NFL, I do care about fantasy and betting because that's like, you know, that's, that's real. Like that's like your fans are doing that. And so you need a reliable report, but like the media, like they're just tools. Most of them. I mean, who cares? But you're the coach, you're the coach and you make the decisions. And, you know, if a player, if this is true, exactly how they said it was that he had a bad headache that he couldn't shake. And that they, you know, he couldn't go in and it just, they found out right as the game was starting. I mean, you know, who cares what the media thinks? It's like, yeah, that was just what happened. It's unfortunate. And that's that. I mean, well, Arthur Smith, you know, I mean, I think that it's at this point known that the NFL is driven, like you said, by gambling and by fantasy. But the problem is, you know, about Arthur Smith, uh, his father owns FedEx. You know, he's no, a billionaire. I, I, oh, I didn't know that. No, yeah, know. The, his father, Fred uh, Fred Smith, or I think that's his name, uh, owns FedEx. So he is a billionaire. So he could tell you basically go F off. I don't care about fantasy or this, that, because he, he's well taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Like well, the guy, all the coaches are. But I mean, every coach pretty much. A billionaire, except, though, is different than millionaire. Uh, I mean, if you're a coach and you're making, you know, a few mil a year for a few years in the league and before that as a quarter making, I don't know, a mil or whatever they make <laughs> or 800,000. I mean, hopefully you saved a little money that you're not like just completely at the mercy of, you know, having to suck up to whoever. Like, I, you know, come on. Like you get used I, to a lifestyle, though, you know? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, you know, that's I, I don't know. I, I think like I'm more like, look. If the coach has to kowtow to the advertising and the DraftKings of the world and all that stuff, it's kind of like, you know, he's got to be a coach and be like, look, I, I make the personnel choices I want. Um, if the NFL has a complaint about the injury report filing, they can make that complaint and he can show there was no injury until the day of. And then that's the end of it. I mean, what else? You know what I mean? Like, what else is he supposed to be doing? Like sucking up to the media? I mean, that was his choice. Now, there might be something else in the story. Like, why did... Bijan have these headaches. Was he out? hungover? Was he partying? Yeah. I mean, was he, <laughs> I, you know, is it a side effect from a certain medication? I mean, what's, why is a perfectly ah. healthy 22 year old guy have headaches so bad that he suddenly can't play in a football game? And, and, you know, people do have migraines. Percy Harvin used to have migraines, you know, if it was a migraine, but he didn't say it was a migraine. Um, you know, it's just a bit like, what is, we don't really have a lot of information on what it was, right? Like we're just, it's very vague, right? Like, it's like, oh, did he suffer from migraines in college? I think Percy Harvin did, like, when he was having that problem. Is there a history of it? Like, what the hell happened? And we don't really know. It's like, yeah. did he party the night before? We don't know. We don't know. Was Arthur Smith, was there any doghouse type of situation where he was mad about how he practiced? We don't know. Right. But unless Arthur Smith, you know, lied on the injury report or there was something, some evidence that, like, he was perfectly healthy and he didn't just, chose to deceive people for whatever reason i don't i don't think you can really get on arthur smith for it oh man all right i want to circle back um this is you know this is not dunking on you by any means i just really want to just take your temperature 
bend okay. over. Okay. Um, I, don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Do, do you remember that? We used to take the thermometer up the ass. Did you ever take that? Uh, no, a real man doesn't oh. do that. Got yeah, yeah, your Heather's, phone. Heather's trying to call it. I just texted her podcast. Okay. Don't call gotcha. Me. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, you should set up a shortcut P for podcast. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe as kids that that used to happen. Oh uh, shit! She said emergency. Hold on. Hold on. Hold All right. On. I'll, I'll talk on. through it. Anyway. Okay, okay. Talk to yeah. you. Yeah. It's, it's more. For, it's more entertaining anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, what I was going to ask uh, Chrysalis was some of the um, some of the some of the players that were starting this week in fantasy football that we hadn't last week, and specifically at the tight end position, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, it, we see all these the tight ends come out of nowhere. I'm sorry, the rookie tight ends that usually don't produce for a few years are producing this year. Uh, Sam Laporta. Uh, you know, if you're in a dynasty league, man, he's he's tight end one in, in a lot of consensus rankings. And I was actually challenged on that saying, no, he's not tight end one. He needs to prove it a few more years. I said, okay, uh, who is tight end one? And then a lot of, a lot of people say, well, it's still Kelsey, it, which is fair, or it's Mark Andrews. I said, oh, I have Mark Andrews on my roster. Um, I'm going to, uh, why don't you give me Sam Laporta and I'll give you Mark Andrews. And of course, the answer is no, they won't do it, right? So that's the real litmus test here. Will you, if you're telling me Sam Laporta is not the long term tight end one, then trade me for him. Everything okay right. there? Everything yeah, okay? I mean, it's super annoying. So, so we got our Portuguese citizenship, but for Sasha, you know, first the parents apply, then you got to get the kid. So the appointment Heather made like a month and a half out, you know, once we got that was in this place called Setubal, which is 40 minutes from Lisbon. And so she brought Sasha there took her out of school, brought her there to get this and canceled like all these parties for Halloween. And Sasha was so pissed. We're like, dual citizenship is worth this. Trust me, we need to get this. this is the appointment we need to get. And she just said, you need to be here too as the father. Ooh. And I'm like, I'm like, I mean, I don't know. She, she said that they said they, I didn't. And it's like, so. So do you have to leave right now? No, I'm just, she's like, I was like, I'm in the middle of a podcast and I don't have a car. She has the car. And it's like Uber 40 Uber. minutes each way. I don't think so. We'll just go so this time. is it's mandatory to get the citizenship, or she just wants you there as the father. No, 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 no. It's mandatory for Sasha to get hers. You need both parents. It's super annoying. Of Can't she just grab some dude off the street and say this is the father and just fake sign it? I know that would be good. <laughs> Probably need ID though. Right, right, right. Okay, so we can wrap this in short order if you want. I mean, we've uh, we, hold on. We, Let me just call her back. It's just, yeah, it's just you know, this kind of annoying. This whole thing. It's like. I, I got to well, like run we'll my life because I think we, Portuguese bureaucracy. It just pisses me off. But hold on. Right. Let me call him. All right. Well, I'll continue my conversation oh, with the keep people. Going. You're doing great. Yep. <laughs> doing great. He hasn't heard a word I said. So I'm just curious. Anyone in the chat also, if you if, uh, if you have a, a take on the tight end thing, this has been like a heated debate. Uh, basically, who do you think is the best long-term tight end in fantasy football? Is it, I mean, is it going to be 35-year-old Travis Kelsey or is it one of the rookies, Sam Laporta? Mark Andrews, one of those guys. So put it in the chat if uh, if you are listening here. Other other notes that I have here, um, Brees Hall. Man, I was uh, I I was fading Brees Hall. I know many of you also were in the preseason because he had that catastrophic Week Seven ACL, right? And uh, oh, okay. Already I see people saying Laporta. Good job, Kevin. I agree with you there. Uh, and usually. Players don't return. They return to play in about one year, which put Brees Hall at the beginning of of the season. But then they they're not really themselves. We see them have a slow ramp up, which puts them about you know 
week is 18 months to play. So it's about week 10. Uh, I, I learned a lesson by fading these, these injury guys. Not, not that I'm not going to continue to fade the ACL guys. Um, but we're seeing now that Brees Hall is, is, you know, we don't like to use the term league winner, but he kind of is one is that fade the injury guys. If there's no discount or a small discount, if, if someone's going to give you Brees Hall in the fourth and fifth round, uh, I've come around saying that that is a worthy gamble in fantasy football. And right now, I don't think there's – is there any other running back that you'd rather have in fantasy other than Christian McCaffrey that, than Brees Hall? Like if we started today, right, like it's a fresh draft with all, all the players, your whole league is just doing a start over. Um, the running back rankings would be what? It would be Christian McCaffrey one. It would be Brees Hall, probably the second one, right? I mean, can you think of anyone else? I mean, right now we saw Bijan's been basically been playing at his floor. Jonathan Taylor is more or less in, you know, not a timeshare. I don't want to call it that, but he is somewhat of a he's he's right. seating carries. You guys hear me say throw a fit, throw a fucking fit. No, no. Oh, anyway, no, she can't. Can't do it. They said I have to be there by in two minutes. So uh, there's, okay, no way, okay. there's no way. What what I was talking about with the uh, with the audience here it was. Um, is the running back rankings if we started all over and basically how I faded Brees Hall. And, you know, I always fade the injury guy, Chris Liss, but I think my new edict is going to be fade the injury guy unless you're getting the the the, the real discount. And yeah, it's an elite it should always, should always be that because if, you know, Brees Hall's going in the sixth and if he would have been a first or second. He would have been the first overall pick in a lot of Okay, games. well, then that's a gigantic discount, right? And so um, that's worth the gamble, right? And mm-hmm. And... Well, so that's it. other than Christian McCaffrey, like who, if we started our leagues over today in week eight and there's no buys or anything like that, who do you think would be the second running back drafted in most leagues? I haven't looked at what Hall's done that much because I don't have him, but um, right. I mean, now Kenny been, Walker's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else has been Taylor. Bijan's been Taylor now. I, I, Taylor, one week, everyone's like, oh no, now Taylor. I'm just so pissed about my prime time. Everything went wrong. Like I one pick from Taylor, I should have jumped in. That was so obvious. The guy's the 1.1 in 2022, and all you need is the fact that it, that's a bullshit contract ankle injury, and you know he's coming back in four weeks, and like you know that if he does, you're going to win the league. I mean, your fifth round pick is usually crap anyway. You know, sixth yeah. round. Maybe ET. You, maybe ETM would be the second running ETN, back. ETN, yeah. ET, there's like ETN. I mean, there's like a group, right? A small group of them, like Walker, ETN. Um, um, you know, Brees Hall. Uh, I mean, the other running backs atop the rankings right now, if you just like look at, and obviously some of these guys have fallen off, but, uh, Raheem Mostert is up there yeah, Mostert's Mo- on the ropes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I knew that going in, you know, it's uh, like it, yeah. it's listen, that was the only here you're referencing the trade I did for Justin Jefferson. Um, no, you're just being paranoid. I wasn't referencing <laughs> Pacheco wouldn't be a you know, second running back, but he's coming on Swift has been, you know, League winnerish. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is, like, Pollard. Yeah. Yeah. Where you got him. Well, Pollard has not been good, but he's still got the role and he's still got the skills and he's healthy. So Pollard going forward, you know, could be. Brees Hall, the, last two weeks, Chris Liss, 50 right. fantasy points, 29 and 20. Yeah. So, that's good. That's good. So um, he would be RB2, right? Him or ETN right now, moving forward? Yeah. Probably ETN, but, uh, but yeah, either one. I mean, then it'd be, yeah. I mean, there, there, you know, there's McCaffrey and then a giant gulf between whoever's second. And and the running backs aren't the ones really driving it this year. You know, there's not, they're not like, besides McCaffrey, it's like, I guess Mostert has really driven a lot of, because he was so cheap too. Yeah. But, um, you know. 
Well, it's right. It's Tyree Kill. It's Stefan Diggs. It's AJ Brown. And AJ man. Brown. I have one league. So I have one league that's doing well. It's it's six and one, but it's like sixth in points, but it's like 40 points out of second or first in, in one of the onlines. And it's because I got AJ Brown. I mean, every week that dude's putting up like, you yeah. know, 25, 30 points. I uh, I took him in. Uh, I'm in second place in one of my NFFC leagues, and it's because I reached on AJ Brown uh, at pick ten. I know that that's not like really reaching for the NFFC, but th- that was the point of the year where he was not really he was looping around into the second round in a lot right. of a lot of leagues. Um, I wanted to take your temperature. That's how this conversation started mm. on Amon Ross St. Brown. Are you now? Are you still in the camp where he's just Jarvis Landry? Or are you realized- Jarvis Landry was good. He's got right, but he never was a first round pick. In fantasy, yeah, he, he never was a first Amin round. Pick. Is. He was borderline though, Landry. Like he was like early second at his peak. Sometimes third. It. Sometimes because people didn't trust him, he was third. No, no, his peak though. I mean, he, he dropped to like the sixth, you know. But like Jarvis was was pretty high. I mean, Jarvis. I mean, it's kind of similar. Jarvis caught um, his second year. He had 110 catches, and his fourth year he had 112 catches. Um, and he had, but he only scored four touchdowns. How many touchdowns does Amon Ra have? Like he's got three? three and seven games right now. Okay, three and seven games. But you know, so let's say he. I mean, let's say he ends up with seven. Right? That's that's better than he's been for his career, and he could end up with eight or nine. So we could end uh, up with six. Uh, Puka Nakua. Uh, since Cups come back, one good week, one down week, one good week. Are they going to trade weeks here, or like would Puka is Puka Nakua? like a top 12 wide receiver the rest of the way. That's really what I'm. I'm I think he's, I mean, he played, it wasn't just that he got production is that he was really good. He made some amazing catches and he looked, I was watching that game and I was like, wow, this guy's better than I realized. Like he's actually good. It's not just like the guy that Stafford's throwing to. And uh, yeah, I mean, the cup is still the number one, even though he didn't do much last week, but first time in a long time. Yeah. It's a long time since cup was unproductive, but as long as cups completely healthy, he's the number one. But Nakua, I mean, what was Robert Woods like a top 15 receiver? Most, you know, at the I end mean, of the year? he was a guy you put in your lineup. You got your 14 points every week. No, or, no, no, no. You're, you're underselling Robert Woods. You're underselling him. He was at his peak. I'm going to look this oh, up. Oh, at his peak. Are you talking about his peak with the Rams or his peak? Yeah, with, with the Rams. Rams. With the okay. Rams. Yeah, Robert Woods, because I mean, he was the guy playing alongside Cup. He had 90 catches, 11. Well, he only had two touchdowns. Yeah, maybe he's what, a little better. What year was that? 20? 2018 was actually his oh. best because he had six touchdowns 86, 12, 19, and six. Uh, that was his best year. He only had two good years, really, on the Rams, and one of them only had two touchdowns. So maybe he's better than Robert Woods. But oh, definitely, uh, definitely, yeah. and he's a different style of player. Well, Robert Woods was like you know drafted in the third round. Usually, I yep. think I think if we're drafting again, Nakua goes like two three turn ish, right? Probably you know somewhere around there. But Would Cup take- goes in the first round. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, Garrett Wilson or Nakua for rest of the season? That's Garrett easy Wilson. Call, right? I think Garrett oh. Wilson. Whoa, rest of season? Yeah. I would, yeah. Wait a second. Well, explain this because this is. I not- think Wilson is like maybe the best. Like, I mean, he and like Tyree Kill, like two best receivers in the league, like just talent wise. And like, um, I don't know. I just think like he's the only game in town. He's getting. He got his last three weeks: fourteen targets, then seven targets, then twelve targets. So the target volume's there. I don't know. I just think he's more explosive. I would take Wilson. Hmm. Um, all right. Also, tight end landscape. The other one that you and I not debated. I mean, this is not like a debate or anything, but you you were a little nervous about taking Travis Kelsey anywhere in the top six picks, age thirty four. I right. mean, obviously at this point he would be a top four pick. You know, knowing what you know now for the rest of the well, season. But, but yeah, for the rest of the season. But you also lost like a couple of games, right? So like, 
You did? It wasn't. Oh no! I mean, you lost hurt. the first game. You he lost was hurt. the first game, that's it. and then yeah, that's true. And he even that's had a it. touchdown in the bad Detroit game. Yeah, so he hasn't really had a dud besides that. I mean, it was. When, when I mean, you say the Detroit game, which one? We talking? Oh, no, right, no, right, the right. Detroit game. He didn't play. Okay, right. and then the second week he had twenty six, four catches for twenty six yards, but he got in the end zone. Got so in kinda, the end zone. Because so kind of salvaged it. I thought I was. I'd forgotten with the touchdown. I was like, but yeah, that's what he does. But that's what he does. He gets no, in he, the end zone. Well, he also usually gets like what he did last. No, last week was like right, career but, high. But like, but like he's you know usually getting like eight or nine catches for a hundred yards. Also, it's not just the touchdowns. It was um, his first week back though. He had, you know? he had three weeks where he didn't eclipse sixty nine yards. So it was first four weeks of the year, five weeks of the year. He never even got to seventy yards. It's just the last two weeks he's kind of come up. And done it, and then last week really put him all the way back. That was really that was the big week. And now you're like, okay, he's a top five pick going forward. But yeah, I mean, even the first weeks, I mean, you're not really losing much if you think about like the other guys who got drafted there. Like CD Lamb is not done better than Travis Kelsey or right. you know those other guys. So yeah, I'm in Rossi so. Brown. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making uh, yeah. a joke. All yeah. right. So the yeah. other thing was either uh, when we were doing our drafts. People were pretty critical of taking quarterbacks early, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, right? So you had to reach into the second round to take those guys, maybe the third if you got lucky. But if you look at – we're halfway through the season, and you look at the rankings, Chris List, look who's at the top, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. So, But they're not, like, destroying. So I think, like, you know, I think last year or some years you'd have, like, three or four quarterbacks, two or three quarterbacks that were, like – 48 touchdowns and 5,000 yards and rushing yard, 350 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. And you're like, oh, this guy was better. This guy and my crap running back was better than your quarterback and your good running back. And I'm glad I took him in the you know third round. But they're not winning by that much, right? They're winning by a little bit. And so I still think um, you're better off sort of gambling on quarterback. I mean, I had Anthony Richardson. He was good, but I kept starting when he was hurt. Kirk Cousins. You know, the bad one, I had Danny Downs, but I have golf in the stake league. I mean, you know, I, that panned out for me mostly. You know, it was just the, uh, the, I just was making bad lineup decisions, which is a problem though. It's the risk you take by getting multiple QBs because you don't pull out um, Josh Allen in your lineup. You don't, so you don't take that risk of screwing up the starting, but I still would rather um, stream the QBs and get the running back receivers there. But think about who a lot of people landed on if they didn't take those guys. You landed on... Calvin Ridley or T Higgins or Najee right. Harris or right. you know up until yeah, last week true. Jameer Gibbs Ramondre Stevenson those are the guys you were taking true there are a lot of busts there are a lot of busts. I mean you could say that the QBs are, are um, they're not like putting up ridiculous numbers but they're they're more reliable so when you're drafting you know you know like okay there's probably going to be a running back or receiver here that's going to net you know given replacement value be better than the quarterback I'm taking. But the chances that I get that guy are lower than the chances that this quarterback is one of the top three quarterbacks. So right. I get it. That's you know I, I think that would frame it that way. But look, Tua was going pretty late. You know, eighth, ninth round. Right, but only one uh, team can get him. Right. You know what though? You're right about Tua though, because you could have taken him in the seventh round if you wanted. You didn't have to wait to the ninth round. You could take him right. anytime you wanted to. I, so I'm that, looking at it. You know, and and like I I guess like um, you know you got Cousins been really good. Purdy was good until the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. I, I still, I the, the difference with QBs is every QB that's starting gets opportunity, and so when you when you have a QB in your lineup, he can always get three touchdowns and three hundred yards. Whereas 
the running backs you get in the 10th, 11th round typically don't even have a job. They yeah. don't even have an opportunity. And so, um, you know, that that's, you know, but you can also get whipsawed and keep starting the wrong QBs like I did in my prime time too. Yeah. So it goes both ways. Um, I want you to pick out one or two games that your number was a little different against uh, the spread here. And I am just going to, uh, you know me, I too much of, of this. So I have to do my quick pee break here. Right. I can't hold it All for 40 right. minutes. I'm like an old man. So pick okay. out one or two and I'll be right back in 20 seconds. Okay. All right. So I don't really care about that because um, the two that were four points off that I had, uh, they were, they were around the zero number, which is basically like I had the giants as uh, I guess that they're one and a half point favorites. They're two and a half point dogs, but the, anything that's between two and a half and two and a half minus two and a half and plus two and a half, that five point span is not much because three is the key number. So if, as long as it's under three, it doesn't matter. And the same thing with uh, Jaguar Steelers. I thought that the Steelers would be favored at home. And in fact, the Jaguars are laying wood on the road. That doesn't move the needle. So then besides that, I was within two points on every game. So the two where there's a disparity don't mean anything because they're around zero and they don't get to three. So it's like, does it really matter that I had the Giants as one and a half point favorites and they're actually two and a half point dogs? It doesn't really matter because it's neither of them. If it hits three, it matters. If it's below three, it just you're basically just to pick them, right? Yeah. I got people telling me to hold my pee in the in the chat here. It's starting to spill uh, over into the thing. Um, so what was your game? What was the one that you're picking? Well, none of them based on my lines, but basically me, me doing the guessing the lines, it's not to find the games. It's just to like start the process of looking at it. And I'm on a heater. You know, last week I went five and oh on one of my sets of picks and four and one. I'm nine. I was nine and one last week on my uh, super contest picks and I'm above 500 in both now. Um, and so it's starting to, you know, it's starting to heat up. Um, cool. I just go in though, based on feel, I'm not, you know, to me, like if you start doing the, well, they're net YPA against solid, that that's all shit. It's all shit. Like you have no, there's well, no edge. You notice, you notice that some people when they, they, they don't get the nuances from watching the games. So they rely on the data. You can rely on anything, but the, okay, go ahead. Make your finish well, your point. Yeah. I was just going to say like, there's people that I know that when they do a podcast, right? Like they have to have everything regimented out. It has to be totally outlined. Whereas I scribble down a few notes and I'm just like, you know, I could feel it going. I know what to ask. And this, you know, like it, some people can nuance it out. Other people need to like look at data or script things out in order to have their thoughts organized and come to a conclusion. I mean, it's certainly possible that your model or your rearrangement of all these key stats could could come upon some yes. indicator that was missed by the public markets where the NFL betting markets are so gigantic um, that somehow there's a bad number there or something. But I feel like that is is possible, but almost certainly the, the amount of work I'm willing to put into it, maybe if I was like 22 and I was in my college dorm smoking weed every day and just trying to figure out games. Oh, yeah, a real man. I might come up with something over a year of just like tinkering but like there's just no way me looking at some basic indicators is going to get me anywhere there's just no point in me, me even thinking about it and so it's just a feel thing right and so i just kind of take the pulse of the league where it's like this team just won they're getting more confidence they're a young team this team just lost they had to travel you know this is kind of ebb and flow of the league and people say well if that worked you could just get a formula but it's not a formula it, it's just more of a feel based on different indicators at different times. And so um, the ones that jumped out at me is lions just lay the wood. They'll win by three touchdowns, five touchdowns, whatever. 
the football team against the Eagles, they just seem to play them tough, and they just lost to the Giants. The Eagles just beat the Dolphins, which are a good team. I think the line's going to overcorrect for that. And then I have a little bit of a lean on the Seahawks um, against the Browns. The Browns won just an incredibly lucky game, and I'm sort of fade the emotion, fade the drama, and then they obviously Watson's not playing. So, the, so it was Seahawks football team and Lions were my leans, and I'll probably come up with a couple others tomorrow. All right. A couple other fantasy notes. Uh, I see people picking up Kyler Murray in there. Okay. Um, get just, you, I get, yeah. I mean, you know, and it's it, obviously in a super flex league, a two quarterback league, that's no brainer. He probably should already be on your team uh, a week or two ago, but you really see him being a fantasy factor coming off the ACL, given what his game is. What, what do you think? I guess the upside was he's always been like a top six fantasy quarterback. Well, it's that this league is, uh, you know, it's not an FFC. So it's six points per uh, rushing touchdown, four for passing. And then it's a point every 25 yards passing, but 10 yards rushing. It's not 20. So it's a, it's a uh, league that favors uh, running quarterbacks a lot. And so um, I don't think he gets back in unless he's willing to run. I I don't think they're going to put him in an NFL game. Um, unless he's going to play his game. They're not going to make him into a pocket passer. They would just let him sit out the year and come back next year. Is that I, I don't see a guy who's that size and stature just dropping back in the pocket, right? Like I just – either he's playing or he's not. And so I just blew the rest of my fab, actually. I had I had Goff and Purdy. Who's the rest of this uh, fab guy you're talking about? Kyle Murray. I, no, no, Kyle you Murray. said he blew the rest of your fab. So he doesn't want to – Chunks is my dog. Yeah. That's right. There you go. Uh, but I just, I just was like, you know what? Like, this guy for this format could be a difference maker. And I have Goff and Purdy, and I'm dropping Purdy with the concussion. I don't, you can't really carry three quarterbacks. But um, I just, I just thought, okay, this is like a, you know, in this format, this guy's worth it. But in the NFFC, I'm not, I wasn't like trying to pick him up or anything. I think it's a, a longer shot that he's a difference maker there. Right, right. I actually, I lost fields in an NFFC and I didn't see Murray. They need to do like by projection. I don't know. I got to figure out because I basically just missed. Well, you out can on sort Murray. by owned, you know, you can sort by percentage ah, owned. That's it. So sort by points and sort by percentage owned. That's it. Um, you also like when you're doing your free agents, you can sort by points in week seven. So you just like get immediately to the mm. top. So, you, okay. You're like, if anything changes, yeah, that I know, that I know the week. So there's, there's only two things that you really need to sort by is week seven and percentage owned. Cause then you get what people thought before week seven percentage Jones won't cover what happened last week. And then you update it with week seven and then you're good. Yeah. Uh, because I have fields in one team where I'm in first or second in my league and you know, I'm, I'm starting Gino, which is fine, but you know, it, uh, Murray has at least 25 point upside. Whereas Gino is like an 18 point upside, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, couple more uh, quick notes here, but before we finish our fantasy discussion, I just want everybody to know you can go over right now. If you love Chris List's content, go over to realmansports.com. Uh, he posts everything there, including Chris List podcast, which is not sports related, more uh, social commentary, uh, political stuff. So what do you got coming up on the Chris List podcast this week? This one uh, might be like off-putting to people. I got to edit it. Uh, just you know, I started talking. You know, I just, you're the worst promoter of your own stuff. You know that I, this one might be off-putting. You might not want to listen to it. I I, I feel like um, well, no. If I post it, it means I believe in it. But it I, but it might be off-putting. Stop calling me. She's calling me again. Hold go on. ahead. So go annoying. ahead. Go ahead. So I'll promote either, it for you. You know, I said if you really want, I can go. And she's like, no, no. She's probably got them to say if I friggin' take it over there. Um, 
Um, Wallace is uh, tending to family matters here. Um, I was going to let everybody know if you enjoy videos like this, you can uh, do us uh, a favor by, um, or if, you, if you're so compelled to hit the like button, subscribe to the Rotowire YouTube channel. Also, if you love fantasy basketball, Rotowire just launched a new fantasy basketball YouTube channel, Rotowire Fantasy Basketball. I'll link it in this video uh, when I'm done, or it's also linked on the main Rotowire YouTube page. Uh, right now, you can get behind Rotowire's paywall for free. All our rest of season rankings, everything that goes behind a paywall. You can just see it, check it out for free. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try. That's rotowire.com forward slash try. And uh, just put in your email on the paywall and locks for a couple days. What we'll do uh, also is uh, I was going to take a couple questions from the chat. If you have a start, sit question, you could pop it in there while we're waiting for a list. But also, uh, some of the guys that I, I was looking at this week uh, if Tyreek Hill does not play. Uh, I know that's uh, in danger. And a lot of teams that are in first place really is Braxton Berrios. Berrios, uh, you know, the, the targets have to go somewhere. So I was just looking at a couple like the deeper league guys that I'm picking up this week. Uh, Berrios, not, guaranteed nothing, but if you can get five catches for 50, 60 yards, you're happy there. Uh, I picked up Pierre Strong. Uh, the running back on the Cleveland Browns. I noticed that, you know, he was being picked up for lower amounts of fab in some leagues. He was not picked up. I will see. But let's so annoying. I mean, she's like calls, interrupts the podcast. I try to call her back. Doesn't answer. It's just like fucking answer your phone. If you're going to call, you know, uh, he's next time. I got some shit to say though. Also, but anyway, my podcast, I, I, I haven't edited it yet, so I don't know if I'm going to release it even sometimes. What is I'll, the main I'll, topic? What's the, the overall thing that you said? Uh, dopamine, work? dopamine. Um, the, you know, the idea and, and, and the point of work, I don't know if you saw, there was this like TikTok video that was going around Twitter of this, like Gen Z sort of ditzy kind of girl. Um, and she's like, oh man, a nine to five job. It's like ridiculous. Like I have no time and I've got to go back and you got to commute. So I, I get off at five, but I'm not home till six. She's going on. And there's a lot of comments like, oh, we're doomed. Like these people don't even want to work. But I actually agree with this other guy who was saying like, no, she's like pointing out something valid, which is that nine to five jobs suck. And the whole industrialization, you know, the whole industrial area uh, in, in the industrial age, you know, where you were sort of trained to go to school to get a factory job and like regiment you like that. You know, that's kind of a relic and that's not good for people's, for most people's, uh, you know. Having uh, done both in my lifetime, like yeah. having been on the Long Island Railroad, commute to Manhattan and do the whole thing, and it, it's the worst. And then now working from home, I could attest that it's – Of you know, course. It, You're wasting all this time. It's, it's horrible, right? Yeah. And, but anyway, she's just expressing that in a ditzy way, so they didn't like the delivery of the, or the messenger. But they're like – but I was saying – I was relating that to like you know the larger thing about how I don't have a job anymore. I don't have any job. That, you know, I have my own job of doing this. And I'm saying like – I just now after two years, I'm starting to feel like, like just not even like, um, just like you're comfortable I, I, with it. You're more comfortable with it. Yes. Now. After two years of like, not being like, oh, I've got to do 10 extra things because otherwise I'm doing nothing. I, I feel like I'm doing more now than I was doing then, but it's like voluntary and you know, it's all you're untraining your brain because you grew up in an era where you put on your overcoat and your tie and you went, I mean, you never did those traditional things, especially, you know, you, I did you, in law school. I went to the attorney general's office for summers and stuff. Yeah. But not, right. Yeah. But you also built a, a company and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, so you, you've had enough, you know, it's, I, I always make the joke, like we're, we're part of a generation that grew up without the internet and with the internet, we were literally the bridge between the two and the, the generation, 
there was a you know over the last few years if you're in your 30s you grew up commuting and now working from home there's like that bridge of two different dichotomies and i like how you're relating it too that you're saying like it, your brain is trained a certain way and now you're waking up you're in a sense to hey this is like how you're supposed to live yeah but it's weird though because if you have no external counterparty you know who's like Alan, where's that podcast or whatever? I mean, I have subscribers, but I say in Real Man Sports, like, don't count on anything. Like, you subscribe if you want. You know, that's my pitch. Yeah. I'm not promising you're going to win your league. I'm not promising you're going to get anything. And if, you know, if you don't like it, then don't subscribe. You know, don't re-up. I mean, yeah. it's up to you. I don't want to, I'm not on the hook. I mean, I feel responsible. I, I, I The one uh, terms of service I have is I won't bullshit you. I'm not going to fake it. So you'll get that, but that's it, right? And so basically... um, I was just talking about how uh, you think like, okay, well, I'm free now. I can go party, but like I haven't been drinking in the last couple of months. I just, I read this book called Alcohol Explained and I already knew all this stuff, but I was like, it wasn't like I wrapped my car around the tree or anything like that. I just uh, was like, or, you know, woke up in the park naked with a dead prostitute. It wasn't nothing like that happened. I just really? was like, I was just, you know, real man does no, that. I, I was just like, you know what? Like, what's the point? Like, I don't even care anymore. Like, I don't, I don't need yeah. this prop in front of me. And then I'm like going to the track like a maniac, you know, and I'm like, I, and they're like, oh, you, you know, oh, you're one of those guys now. One of those like freaks who likes running. No, I hate running. I hate it more than the average person, you know, yeah. but I do it because I like doing, I hate it, but I like the hate. I like, I've gotten used to like, I like this feeling of like, uh, like this is painful. Like what is this pain consistent? And can I observe this? Like how, and I started to like things that are not comfortable emotionally, physically. And I'm starting to try to like that, you know, and I'm like living, um, and I'm saying shit, whatever's on my mind. I'm even on this thing. Like, well, you don't know where this is going to go and you don't know where it's going to go on the podcast. And that's what I just feel like that's what I'm doing. Am I helping people? Who the hell knows? I don't know. I'm just saying what I think I that's on my mind that I think is true. And so that's what the podcast is. And I'm talking about that on the podcast and, and it leads to some places that people probably won't love um, because it starts to question, not just like, oh, well, I need to be successful. I need to have status. You need money. You need money for freedom. You definitely want to make money. I do make money because you don't want people to be able to boss you around, save well, money. Hold on. But, yeah. I was going to say, there's a the part, make money, but live two tiers below your means at all times. Yeah. Make money and save money and be a free person, but status and all the other bullshit. Like you don't need that. That's just dopamine in your brain. That's just like, yeah. good boy. Like you tell your dog, good boy. When he does the right thing, that's just society patting you on the head and saying, good boy. It's not worth anything to you unless you can monetize it somehow, which is good only because that will give you more freedom where you don't even need any of that stuff. And when you start to get deeper into that, like the dopamine, like, oh, like this, you know, I'll go out and get some drinks and fine wine and do this because that'll make me feel good. Or I'll, you know, and you realize like none of that is important at all to your well-being or happiness or enjoyment of anything, really. Right. Like, and so that's why it's going to put some people off because all the things that people are like want to do and are trained to do, and then I'm trained to do, and I'm the same way as everybody else. Um, I just, I'm just like, you know, why do I need this? And you think, oh, you're free. You don't need to do this. You don't need to go to work. Why don't you just party your ass off? Why don't you go, you know, take a big vacation? I'm going on vacation on Saturday, so I may not be here next week, by the way. Um, and I'm like, kind of like, ah, we got to go there. I just want to, I just want to, uh, do my thing that I'm doing already. I don't need a vacation. I'm not running away from anything. The weekend, what's the difference? I'm not, it's yeah. not like an escape from my crappy week of commuting and, and doing some shit job. I hate it's, I, I don't need that. So like, I don't need time off. I don't need this. I don't need a break, a break from what a break from just being myself. That's it. I don't need that. Yeah. I, I remember. And I, a lot of what you said there, uh, on your 
the drinking podcast definitely resonated with me. My wife stopped drinking two years ago. Like, you know, she's like, and she's like, and we were every night, like we're six, yeah. six night a week drinkers, right? Like yeah. I've cut it back and I, I, it's not just about what you're having there. I'm still going two nights a week. Um, Drinking alone, not not as fun though. I can tell you that. Right well, real man drinks alone. Real man never <laughs> well, drinks with anyone else. <laughs> that's what I do. But she's yeah. She just said you know doesn't like doesn't like the way it makes her feel. And it's not like in the moment because in the moment that first drink you're always feeling good. You know it's like that little buzz. And then but it's the next day. It's eating crappy the next day. It's um it's the lack of production. You know not that you're not doing what you need to do, but versus what you could be doing. Little sharp things on on your work. Well, I always thought about the compound interest of how many hungover days I had and what I would have been doing, what I've been learning about or experiencing. And just over decades of like just being hungover and barely mailing it in the things you had to do. But like, you know, just like, all right, I got to go back to sleep or I'm just sitting on my couch, even though I can't sleep because my nerves are too jangled, but I, there's nothing I can do or I'm watching some shit TV. Um, but that wasn't it. You know, I already knew all that. What, what the book was so convincing about was it's like your subconscious works in such a way that like, as you said, when you take that first drink, you're like, ah, I'm relaxed. And so you associate alcohol with that feeling of relaxation. But actually the reality is that like, um, that's very short lived. So you got to get more. Right. And, and, mm. and what, and the reason why, like, you know, if you, if you've drunk for a while, like me, I could drink 10 beers and I'm fine, like totally functioning, you know? And it's like, well, how's that possible? If you drank 10 beers, the first time you ever drank, oh, you'd be dead. on the, you'd be on the floor. You know, yeah. they said Richard Burton, the actor drank three liters of, of spirits a day, not maybe one liter. I don't know. He said three, one liter of spirits, you know, like a, a bottle of bourbon every day like that would just kill you if you had never drunk so how are you your body adapts right yeah. and it adapts by making you more sensitive so alcohol is a depressant it desensitizes you so your body gets more sensitized and so that's why you're hungover because it wears off and you've got all this that's why light and noise and you're hungover it's like intolerable because you're so sensitized to like mm. function while you're drinking and then the alcohol wears off and you're like uh and then basically he's saying that like everyone has a baseline level of anxiety but all of this oversensitization from drinking so much to compensate for the drinking makes you like more anxious and more jangled. And so then like you're basically constantly drinking because your subconscious is only uh, associated with that first bit of relaxation when on net, you're actually less relaxed as a person generally. And it's just true. And, and I knew it was true, but I just, you know, I like drinking. So I just started like realizing like, and he's like all the good times you have when you're drinking, it usually wasn't because you were drinking. It's usually just because you're having a good time and you happen to be drinking. So I, you know, I'm not trying to preach to anybody. I don't give a shit. I go out with a restaurant, friends. I'll even take a sip of the wine. I'm not trying to start a streak of sobriety. And if I have a beer, I don't care. You, you don't know, want your just, coin? No, I don't want any of this stuff. You know, I don't, I don't care. It's not about that. It's just, it's just like, I just, it's just pointless to me. That's all. Yeah. And you know, what if you did like a Vegas weekend? Would you, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't, I mean, I don't even care about that though. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like the conversation you have, that's a good conversation with your friend, like in Vegas and you're like, Oh, it was fun. We had a cigar. It, it wasn't really a cigar or the booze that made it a good conversation, but you just, you just, all the marketing, all the associations you have make it seem like it's about those things, but it's actually about just hanging out with your friend in, in a place. It wouldn't have to be Vegas. Human, Vegas human is a shithole. Yeah. Human Vegas connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a personal thing. Having a good conversation is, is, is good. And just because you had a cigar and a, and a bourbon with it, you feel like, oh, the cigar or bourbon, that's what this is about. And now, again, I love a cigar and a bourbon, you know, and I'm not saying I'll never have one. I'm just saying it's so much of it is just this subconscious conditioning that's not real. Yeah. The other thing I have on my, my list, and by the way, I, I love that because, you know, like I, I've given it some serious thought and, you know, it's just not to mention 
you know, oh, if I were well, you, I would definitely keep drinking. I would increase <laughs> your over internal health, yeah, weight yeah. loss, bloatiness, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, everything you know? is, yeah, yeah. The way you eat, as you said, like afterward, you're wasted. Mm-hmm. You're like, got to eat some shit, you know, whatever, yep. you know. Um, different topic here, and I don't need you to get deep because you do this kind of stuff on the Chrysalis podcast, but I was just watching a documentary on, um, President Kennedy. Yeah. And, you know, they're talking about the chaos of the world with like Cuban Missile Crisis and Bay of Pigs, all that stuff. And it seems like, you know, what people right now with current events think like the world is in the worst state it's ever been. It seems like it was in just a bad state then with nuclear threat and all that kind of stuff now. So I guess over the last 60 years, because all that stuff happened 60 years ago, do you think it's like a similar or do you think like there's like an elevated threat right now? Do you think we're any better or worse off or the same as we were in 1960, given all the, the stuff that Kennedy and Russia and all that stuff? I think about this all the time. Like, are things crazier now or have they always been this crazy and we're just more informed now so we have an idea about it? Um, but I don't. the answer is I don't know. Do you, do you know the book, The Fourth Turning? Have you ever heard that? The no. Fourth Turning? It's a, it's, a, it's a theory that every four generations, we have a crisis. Okay. And it's, you know, if what's you, a generation, you, is it 20, like years? 22 years, 22 okay. years. So it's like every 80 to 90 years, revolutionary war, right. Then civil war, then the great depression through world war two. And now we're in the next one. And basically it's generational. Like there's like a heroic win, you know, the revolution or the civil war is over. And then there's like a period of prosperity after that for like 20 years. And then there's like in the 60s, there's a period of rebellion and whatever. And he has names for each thing. And then there's a period of like decadence, like starting the 80s and 90s. And then you have the crisis, which started, he, they think. 9-11. No, not, not actually 9-11. In, in the 2008 financial crash, where the, basically right. the, the system started collapsing. And this crisis is what, you know, ends up being, you know, you had World War II. It's pretty serious. And these things are cyclical. And, you know, they're, and, but they're very seismic. They changed, you know, they changed the landscape forever. I mean, you founded, they founded the U.S., you know, they broke away from England, had a huge war, then right. civil and war. And slavery. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's like, and, and and a million people died in the civil war, like by bayonet. I mean, it was serious. And World War II and the Depression. I mean, this stuff is big. And this is where we're at now, the whole COVID thing and lockdowns and forced medicine, all this stuff. This is coming now. And so it's pretty serious. Now, is it worse nuclear-wise? I mean, they said it was pretty close then. I don't know. But the only thing that gives me pause is I feel like however treacherous the people, the ruling class was in the, in the 60s or whatever, which I'm sure it was, oh. the incompetence level now and just the blatant, um, the shameless patheticness and what they've done and what they're not willing to have be held to account. I feel like now you think they I'm, were more competent back then. It seemed like according to oh, the documentary this, this, that all the war cabinet was like warmongers and the only thing stopping well, them was Kennedy and having a dialogue well, with Khrushchev. I mean, most likely the CIA took him out. Right. And, oh. and right. I mean, that's like, you know, that was yeah. the end of like our democracy in a way, because it's now, you know, that they, like the guy who was like, I I'm again, you know, I'm, I'm going to, he said, I'll scatter the CIA into the winds. And, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit later he was murdered. And, but anyway, the, the, the point is that, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe they were just as bad, but the people that are like sort of opining and pontificating, you know, with power in, in our politicians and they seem to be like the, the lowest, most incompetent um, and just dishonest class of politicians I've ever seen in my lifetime. And, and you know, in, in, uh, in the 60s, it might have been just as bad. You know, I don't know. I mean, Nixon in the 70s and late 60s obviously was pretty bad. So maybe it is the same. I don't know. I think about that a lot and I don't know yeah. the answer. But I, I do think it's not worth being anxious over it. I think it's worth um, saying what you what's on your mind about it. But I don't think it's worth like... Yeah. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, nuclear I feel war. So, 
I feel safe in jazz. Like when I was living in New York City, I I have to admit there was times I didn't feel safe, and it was probably all in my own mind. Post nine eleven, you're looking at everybody funny that's in right. the subway. You feel like right. trapped in like a rat in right. the subway. But living in a like a tertiary city like Jacksonville, oh, I would take Park. out Jacksonville first. That's ah. <laughs> Get rid of Tzlowski. There's a well, naval base right down the road for me too, with all the fighters right there. Like that's where yeah. they launch from. So I feel good, you know. I'm no, that's where they would attack, you know. But that's uh, true. That's true. But anyway, yeah. Who knows? About, you know, this is like wild speculation. There's also like unknown unknowns, like. If um, you know the price of Bitcoin were to get really, really high, really quickly, it, that would change a lot of power in the world very quickly. And and something like that, you'd be like, oh, well, who cares? How would that affect geopolitics? It would affect geopolitics because who has the money really is, is who calls the tune. And it, it would be a massive transfer of wealth. You know, it sort of drains out of the system. You know, if you could have like a central bank digital currency where they control where where all the money is. Really, like, it, you know, there's no drain out of the system. They can spend on wars and go into debt and have 33 and a half trillion in debt. And yet they still control the money. They just dilute you. Yeah. But if there's like an out, if there's a leak in the boat and it's going into this other place, suddenly the, the power shifts because what's money? It's, it's just the energy, it's claims on the energy of the world. And yeah. so if the claims go to other portions and you're like, okay, let's go do this world war. And you're like, yeah, but we, we're now 100 trillion in debt and we can't fund it it's sort of like, okay, well then it just doesn't happen. You know? That's the so. one thing that scared me. Like, again, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to pay attention. And the, the thing that, um, that Biden said that when they asked him, I'm sure you saw this clip floating around when they said, do you think that we can keep up wars in multiple fronts all over the place? And he goes, his answer was like, we're the United States of America, man. Like, it was like, of course we can. Right. I, that scared me a little but bit. But he, I don't, you know, I mean, look, this is a road to wire podcast, but like, yeah, I, I was just, I, I'm just very surprised I would be very surprised if it's really anything's really his decision at this point. I mean, right. you know, okay. you know, I, I, I know, you know, I have some family that's a lot older and, you know, you, they shouldn't be driving at this point. Ah. And, you know, and like there's this, you know, you shouldn't be. So right. I, I, I think there's somebody else making decisions, but it's scary. And it's even worse because there's less accountability, you know, for if he's just this guy who can just kind of like be saying whatever he's supposed to say but he's not really accountable anymore yeah well when they said um, that he's going to meet with the leader of again we'll we'll get back on the football yeah, here right yeah. when we when he said he's going to potentially meet with uh what how do you say the leader of china's name xi jinping is yeah, that yeah, it? yeah that he's going to potentially meet with him i was like no please somebody else be in the room too you know right Even if it's gavin newsom i don't care no 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 no. i know no, what you're no, saying no, but at no, least no, 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 somebody. he'd be like here here's the united states have it <laughs> it's yours well you see he just met with xi jinping i know but why like what's he even doing I don't know. I want to get into that. I don't even care. I don't pay attention to like the, like I I hear it, but like, I don't really get into like the squabbles over like your team, my team, you know, whatever. I'm more for me, for me, I'm more like the ruling class that we currently have, which is the politicians and people who, to whom they, you know, their clients, you know, the, the tech and banking and pharmaceuticals and, and, uh, military industrial, those people are like, it seems to be like the lowest quality that I can remember, yeah. but maybe I was just more in the dark before I didn't pay as much attention. I think that's what it was. I think they were always like that. You, uh, but the, um, the, it reminds me of what you just said of the old George Carlin joke. And I, I he basically says like, he's talking about the, the ruling class and he goes, it's a club and you ain't in it. You yeah. know, like yeah. it's, yeah. it's the rest of stuff. Right. Very so, interesting. There's unpredictable stuff. I, you, I, that's the one thing is like, you know, it's like a football game. We're like, Oh, they're going to kill them. They'll run the ball and they won't have us. It's like we're doing that with geopolitics and it's like it's certainly trending in a bad direction but like the game is so unpredictable and it's complex system and I think just it's really uh dangerous to be, you know, to whatever. You know what I rewatched? I'm sure you saw this in your once in your life. It's it's um it's a Nostradamus sort of like 
documentary of its time. It was with Orson Welles as the host. It was called The Man Who Saw Tomorrow. Did you ever see this? It's I didn't see it. No, I never did. Yeah, nineteen eighty one, and it was Orson Welles hosting. And he, uh, you know, he goes through Nostradamus's predictions, and then he, you know, in nineteen eighty one, they were predicting the Third World War, which would be between the Middle East, it would team up with Russia against the United States, and even around nine eleven, like there was like a lot of stuff floating around, like oh, this is it, the end of the world. So. Anyway, I, I've been getting not anxious about it, just more like concerned. And I was wondering, again, I mean, you, you should be. I mean, it's concerning like this. What's going on? It's very concerning. And and the thing that concerns me the most is like we have thirty three and a half trillion in debt. That money you have in your bank account, they real. took right. It's just digital bits saying this is what you have. And what does that mean? It means, well, if I wanted to use it for something, I could. But if we all wanted to use it for the things that we think that it would be worth, if you have 100K in your bank account, you think, okay, I could put a down payment on a small house. Or if I have 20K, I could you know, get a car. Or 30K, I could get a car. If we all wanted to do that, there wouldn't be houses and cars for that price. It's not representing what it purports to represent. It's just digital bits in your, in your account. And it's they've an stolen the money. It's an IOU that yep. they can't pay you back. Right, they can. If you want to spend a hundred bucks here or there, and people just going out to dinner, yeah, okay. But in mass, they can't pay you back. So if you siphoned off all the money to yourself and your cronies, and you know, also like got in a medical situation, I won't get too much into this. Where there's all sorts of you know ill consequences now. You know, I mean, you might want to start a war to sort of oh, avoid distraction. Not just to, you know, it's the wag the dog movie, but like more like to just avoid not just a temporary distraction, but like you can only lie for so long. You could only mislead people for so long before truth comes up. And as it comes up, you're going to get got in, unless you just create even a bigger problem that they have to focus on first. Basically. Yeah. That's what worries right. me. So. Last question. And then I'll let you go. Um, why is uh, Bitcoin in your judgment popped up over the last month or so? It's I think last I checked, it was at like 34 ish. Last yeah, time, um, it'd been sitting at like 25, 29 for a while. Any, anything that's happened in that market that could have done that? I'm not saying that well, you know there's the rumors answer. that an ETF is going to be approved. Uh, what does that mean? BlackRock, uh, an exchange traded fund so that you could like buy into this fund that underneath it would have Bitcoin, um, and own a share of the Bitcoin that was in the fund. Uh, and they would need to get 200 billion worth to, to launch this ETF. And just put it this way that I think something like 70 million of Bitcoin or 100 million of Bitcoin got bought the last couple of days and it sent the price up, you know, the market cap of Bitcoin up another like 100 billion. So this guy estimated it's like almost 200 to one dollars, you know, invested in Bitcoin and the market cap of Bitcoin going up 200 to one. Mm. Well, now do the math on 200 billion going in there at 200 to one. You're talking about what, 40 trillion, right? So, you know, gold is 10 trillion in the market cap. So you're talking about Bitcoin being like 2 million a coin if this happens. And that's not including the FOMO that would happen if that started happening in nation states and everything else. I'm not saying that's going to happen short term. Nobody knows where the price is going. Nobody should mislead you into saying they know in six months or a year or three months where it's going. Yeah. But basically, like there's this ETF supposedly going to get approved soon. And if they have to scoop up that many coins and there's obviously very limited supply, that's the, that's the feature of it. Um, people are now trying to front run them also. So that's why it's at like 34 now. Um, and, you know, but there's no real, there's no real upper bound on it um, except the total amount of money in the world that's used as savings. So, you know, again, I don't want to make any short-term predictions, yeah. you know, be, I, I would say long-term it's the, the setup is pretty bullish. Last thing, uh, final, I got final one thing. thing for you after this, but yeah. Sh uh, sure. I was saying, did you see the, I didn't see it yet, but dumb money. It's that, uh, the movie they made about the uh, GameStop, 
uh, I didn't. It. I saw like a trailer for it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Someone told me to see it, so I was curious if you saw it. All right. Uh, what's your one thing that you so, have? So if you want to read a great book, it's called Broken Money by Lynn Alden. It's a great book. It explains the financial system and really like opens your eyes to like how it works. Um, it's kind of futile to explain somebody, oh, here's here's Bitcoin. And here's why I should get it. Just explain the financial system and then you'll understand. Right. I heard you talking about it on your last podcast. That was interesting. Yeah. It's it's really good book. Um, but the other thing is, so I did a fantasy basketball draft last night with Sasha. I read your article on okay. Real Man Sports, by the okay. way. So. so, but I don't know, like, because I don't know anything, right? How did we do, Alan? Did we do well? Do we have a good team? Are we a contender? What's what's the, what's your opinion? Yeah, well, your team definitely is um, older. Let's say so that. So old. But, I mean, our first two picks were Steph Curry and Durant. Durant never goes in the second round. Our free throw percentage is like locked. But, yeah. but, I mean, Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant, I mean, Kim... Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, they were out of the league at 33. Like, yeah, but what it's different now. Medicine, uh, they don't play. Here's your your danger is, is um, load management stuff, which, by the way, this is a good year to buy the load management players because it's now like a talked-about subject where Adam Silver, the commissioner, is being pressured to really penalize the players. And Charles Barkley has been coming out saying, hey, you're making $40 million a year. There's no load management. You're you're basically a nutless monkey if you do that. Right. So now these guys are getting shamed into playing. So your load management, if, a, if a, like a Curry was going to play like 68 games, he might play like 74 now. Right. Well, I mean, but his load management good, though, because they don't get injured as much. Because he, Not for old. fantasy. For fantasy, you just want him playing. Just right. play. But they're going to get injured. Okay. But so I got, you know, so Durant and, and Curry, these are 35-year-olds. But I got Westbrook in like the 11th round because I, I had such good free throw percentage that I was like, he had 13 assists last night. You know, I'm like, I need the, the counting stats. And then I got like Siakam and I got Paul George and I got a, a bunch of old guys, like really old guys. Oh, Brooke Lopez that Sasha wanted to get. And yeah. I think that was a mistake, that pick. But my, my favorite part of your article that you wrote about your basketball draft with your daughter was that you Mr. Miyagi'd her about, I you did. made her do all the work that like um, about putting together depth charts and this and that. And at the end you threw it out and you made her draft using ADP uh, positional categories, yeah. which was great. Yeah. And the, and the, 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 the comparison you made was that Mr. Miyagi made uh Daniel son wax all the cars and had nothing to do with karate, except it did because yeah. it got him like thinking, you know, how to block and, well how is she yeah. going to learn the player pool unless she does something like that, right? She, yeah, that she made notes on everybody. So now she knows the player pool so she could have an, an opinion on all these guys, you know? And yeah. like, if she just like, if we just downloaded the cheat sheet and went, she would just, you know, so yeah, yeah. I tried. Great job. Uh, thanks think, for all those. You think, the way, you think the team, I don't care. Yeah, no, that, I think so. it's good. I think it's good. I think you're, you're going to, you, um, like I said, if the only thing working against you, which I like this is, is the load management thing, but I think it's the perfect year to be, uh, in the old guy business because right. you got an all-star team. If this team, you wouldn't be able to put this team together four years ago. And these guys, Curry, uh, Duran, all these guys, they, they age, they tend to age better. Right. And their games age better for skinny and, guys too. little, yeah. like, you know, Duran is very slight. And, yes. And I like your team. And especially since you, again, in the end, it's like in football, when everyone's building uh running back heavy teams, you go wide receiver. Everyone wants to take these new young guys who are unproven. You're going with like the proven vets. I mean, you almost, I'm surprised you didn't land LeBron James. We could have in the fourth. We took know. Uh, Siakam over him. I mean, LeBron's 38. I, I mean, we could have. It would have been cool. See the to numbers have, he put up in 29 could, minutes on opening could, night? Could you imagine if we we might have done it? Could you imagine if we had Curry, Durant, <laughs> LeBron, like three inner circle, and Westbrook? Like, But the three guys are inner circle Hall of Famers. I got Bradley Beal is hurt in round seven. That's so I got, I've tried to get like just like. He'd be around you know, five Paul, guy. Yeah. Paul George, you know, I got in round five, like, you know. 
Once you're going in, on, yes, I like your team. I think that yeah. you have, uh, you can win your league, and then who the hell knows once you yeah. get into the uh, the stuff. So yeah. good stuff. Uh, was it, did you tell her the upside? Your eleven and a half year old daughter. What's going to happen if you guys win the the grand prize? I mean, well, I told her how much money is. She's saying I want five hundred. I want seven hundred. I said, well, we'll see how much work you do because the setting of lineups is. I just realized something I didn't know is that like baseball, daily. you can set the Friday. It's not daily, but Friday to Sunday lineup, mm. and that sucks. Like, come on, yeah. dude. I'm traveling. I can't have time to look I at know. that shit. Yeah, they will. Greg and Tom, they figured out what's best for the game. All right. Yeah. Uh, All right. As the more basketball talk goes on, I see our viewership whoop, going down, yeah. but that's fine. I, I love the, basketball yeah. and we will not pander to the audience. No, um, never. All right. Great job by you. Who are you picking this week? You're taking the Lions and Survivor? Taking the Lions and my spread picks, I thought were uh, Seattle, Washington, and um, the Lions. Okay. All right. You go uh, follow Chris Liss on uh, on Noster. Is it Noster or Noster? I, I was. I think there's debate about that. Some people because say the Noster. You know. You were kind. I was calling it Noster last week, so you Nostered with me. But I hear on your podcast you call it Noster. So I was like, oh, I, he didn't it, correct me. He's making me. You know. I, th I think your way was actually correct, but I just say it the way it occurred to me when I first read it, and then. Okay. You know, so you follow him. It's there. an acronym. You know, it's an acronym. It's not a name. So, yes, you follow him there. You follow him on Tuesdays on Twitter yep. at Chris underscore lists. Uh, Realmansports.com is really the place to find all of Chris Liss's content. I'm at Alan Zislowski. You can go to Rotowire, get behind our paywall two days free, rotowire.com forward slash try. Chris Liss might be traveling next week, so we're not sure if we'll be back. We'll, maybe we'll figure out a time and day to do it. Other than that, we're here every Thursday until Chris Liss has no more Survivor teams left or anything to talk about. That's right. So that probably will be to the end of the season because you're going to win it all. I Good. I, I agree with that, Alan. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.